Nerd School is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improve. Marriage roll. My glasses are broken. My pocket is protected. Surprise me. I am a super nerd. The Nerd School Podcast. Starring Andy. I uh, am a former um, entertainment journalist. I am a super nerd. TBJ. Hi, this is Tiffany. You may hear me be referred to as TBJ. TBJ, y'all. I am what I like to call a surprise nerd. Art Star. My name is Art Star, and I am an artist. Yo, 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 my name is Joe, and I am the nerd student. The nerd pupil, if you will. Alright, welcome back to the Nerd School Podcast. Thank you for listening, listeners. Thanks, nerds. Uh, we left off in the last episode. We just got to Don Cheadle and the cool Senate scene with Gary Shandling uh, of Iron Man 2. And we're going to pick it up from there. Um, we're going to jump right into some Don Cheadle conversation, some Don Cheadle appreciation, if you will. So, here goes. So, Art, do you want to say anything about Don Cheadle, or do you want to save it till more Don Cheadle? we got to go further into this story. Okay, we'll get further into it. So, anyway, I immediately I immediately just forgot completely all about Terrence Howard, and I was like, give me more Don Cheadle, because... Uh, and then I think I commented throughout the whole thing. Their, their chemistry is so good. I thought Terrence Howard's was good, but Don Cheadle, yeah, he just... I think he's got so much more charisma. I, I think, There's and he's so much like it's, something it's about an easier way to relate to him. I think. If I was Tiffany, I'd probably say he has more swag. <laughs> um, or you think... can just say it as yourself and admit <laughs> it's true. God, I love it when you guys argue. I think Terrence Howard has more swag. Don, no, Don Cheadle no! is just. I can't put my finger. It's just like he he's is like a, just Don Cheeto. Yeah, he's fantastic. just like he's such a great. I think he's a great actor. He is, and, and he's underrated. He is, and I think part of it because he's been in everything. Like he's been in a million <laughs> shows. We've seen him everywhere. Like he's like America's. Like we know him. You know what I mean? Like he's and and what else is it? Like it's something. He's got comedic timing. I think he's got a lot of comedic timing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know I think exactly. He does what it a is. good job of balancing. So when you watch Don Chino and things, um, and it's probably my grief with Tom, Terrence Howard. Uh, Terrence Howard is also very method. So bringing it back to Mickey Rourke. Oh, okay, Howard, okay. Very method. And um, if you didn't know that, you might have a different opinion. You think? Not if I was still watching the two of them on the screen. Like if I'm watching okay. them act it out. Cheeto's gonna win always because his <laughs> skill set is apparent. I mean, he's listen. I, I think for this movie, I think for this, like if you put, if you put Terrence Howard's roadie against Don Cheadle's roadie in the MCU, like top, what's the damn it? I lost my train of thought. Terrence Howard, <laughs> Terrence Howard, 
his roadie, like he doesn't have, he didn't have the the right swag for even when he did the whole like when he looked at the suit, he was like next time kind of thing. It wasn't like it wasn't as swagalicious as if you would have saw Don Cheadle saying it. And then how like Don Cheadle has pretty much taken the character and kind of like you know molded him into like what he is now. But it was also like I think his swag is more. Per, it's, it's, it's more on par for this role as opposed to Terrence. Terrence Howard, his his swag has this whole like it's it's not the same badassery as I guess Don Cheadle's okay. swag would be for this role. Well, that's that a, that's a compliment sense. then to Don Cheadle. Yeah, look at look at you, Art. Coming around, <laughs> love Don Cheadle now. with Tiffany on something. <laughs> God bless. This, this is also because I I watched quite a few. Movies recently with Don Cheadle and in MCU, and it's kind of like maybe subconsciously or like not subconsciously, maybe somewhere in here he's attaching himself to my frontal lobe, and I just can't shake it. Or, something <laughs> or, or not, he's but, yeah. just so good that you are man. now finally giving the man his props that he has deserved. Yeah. I've never, just like I've never, I've never formally, I've never formally hate or Don Cheadle. I'm just you saying. You didn't hate him, but you still. We're not that hype about him versus Terrence Howard last time we talked about this. Just a reminder. <laughs> I was over here on Lonely Man's Island like Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle. And everybody's like, I don't know, Terrence Howard. And I was like, Don Cheadle, just, just to remind you all. <laughs> Tiffany's been on Don Cheadle for a long time because he's incredible, period. It really is. In my, in my defense, I've watched Iron Man 2 quite a few times in recent in recent weeks, so it, it's, you it's, come to the yeah. understanding that Don Cheadle is king. You're welcome. You're welcome. Right. Back to the back to the movie. More montages yeah. of Mickey Rourke. I, not, what? I, I do just want to say I love the whole Senate scene. Yeah, the whole it was scene, very the whole interrogation. Gary Shanley being a perfect sleazy senator, like yeah. just tr- trying to force Rhodes into reading one specific out of context thing to make Tony Stark look bad. Yep, yeah. just and, like the senators do. The, yeah, it's the absolute like it's a great like Tony Stark being a lovable dick. Like it's like oh god dang it that guy. You you see why Justin Hamber would want to be him so bad because yeah. he's yeah. just effortlessly confident. And he backs it up, and he makes a fool out of everybody that's trying to mess with him, and uh, he's got the public on his side. It's just a really, really good, fun scene. And well, and I think what this does too, differently than old movies in the past of superhero movies and whatever, like a scene like this would just be exposition and boring, and everybody tunes out. This was like thrilling and exciting and funny with Gary yeah. Shandling in there, and he's just like, I mean, yeah, so. Something about it is different than old movies, you know. That that's good. So, I think that's good. So, okay, back to more montages of Mickey Rourke. Back to Tony's workshop where we find out that his heart thing is uh, what is it called? The uh, what you the arc, arc, reactor. arc reactor is so taking its toll on, on his. So you can remember. What's that? We're gonna tattoo arc reactor. Oh, okay. arc reactor, arc reactor. I keep calling it the heart light. Uh, it's taking its toll on his blood toxicity. Jarvis says. The thing that's keeping you alive is also killing you, sir. And turns out he has to drink 80 ounces of a weird purple liquid, which I guess is chlorophyll, uh, to counteract the damage. And then Pepper comes in upset about Stark Industries and what a mess it is. And 
what is going on on and on. Tony interrupts her to make her CEO. And that's when he we first hear him say, it's you. It's always been you. And that kind of comes back later. Like uh, and when he's in love with her or whatever. He's dying or whatever happens later. Um, mm-hmm. Back to Russia. A guy gives Mickey Rourke an envelope. It's a fake ID and some sort of Grand Prix tickets or something. Uh, and back to Tony boxing with Happy. And then he's distracted by Natalie Rushman's beauty. Uh, Scarlett Johansson walks in. And so, again, I've completely... As I was watching this, I've, I, in my mind, I just couldn't remember because I've seen so many of these movies so many different times. I lost track. Is this the first time we see Catwoman? Yes. I mean, Black, it's not Cat Black Widow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Cat, whatever she is. Scarlett yeah, Johansson and, uh, hasn't been introduced anywhere yet, right? No. Okay. This is this is the third film entirely. So this is uh, only her first appearance. Okay. This is her first and time. She's so so we as viewers don't know that she's. We don't even know she's Black Widow. Black cat. Uh, Black. Widow. We as nerds knew she was going to be Black Widow because right. we've been following it beforehand. But most people are not supposed to know that she's actually. A Wait. You, when uh, this came out, you already knew she was already signed on to do Avengers and be Black Widow. Uh, I don't think. I mean, they were planning the Avengers movie, but we knew she had signed on, uh, and I, I think it. it God, we knew it was coming. Ten, well, ten years well, ago, Nat, Nat, Natalie Rushman is in an alias. Was it like was an alias of Black Widow, right? Uh, possibly. I. Uh, I mean, it's not far from uh, uh, Natasha Romanoff, um, which is but, supposed to be her or Romanova. But in the comics, she. She doesn't start out as an intern for Stark Industries, right? No, no. That was just a way to introduce her to the fact that she's a spy. Yeah. And uh, showing her doing her actual spy stuff. And we find out but later she she's planted a shield and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah. in this time, she, she gets in the ring with Happy, and he condescends to her to do a lesson, and then she kicks his ass, she kicks his ass with her yeah. patented Huracanarana thing, where she, like, jumps and... Mm flips his head down or whatever um yeah and then suddenly i remembered in this at this scene is when i remembered from the comics that happy was a boxer like he was a former boxer that's why he's training everybody right and he was a yeah, boxing so. champion or whatever because um, right. one time when i really tried to be a nerd back in like 1999 or 2000 i, I bought one of those big books of like I can't remember what it's called. Uh, Ultimate, like original. It was like, uh, 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 it was like. Now I'm forgetting it. Too. It was Ma- Iron uh, Man. Masterworks. Masterworks. Uh, like the essentials. The essentials. The, uh, essential. It was essential Iron Man Volume One or whatever. And I went and read because I was interested in like with everything. I'm interested in the, the the origin stories. And so that's when I I read. I probably got through half of that essentials and I was like, I just I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I reading this anymore? <laughs> uh, but it was like, but it was interesting to me to know like how he started and and some of that and that's and I remember. And, but then it was also weird to read '60s comics because it was like, this is also dated and it's just like the, yeah. just everything's so different and uh, it's almost it's so hard to watch. The, 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 the panels on the pages are. Alright, they are hard. Sometimes the stories were easy to follow, but like yeah. the way the panels look on the page opposed to the way they look now. Now you read through a comic book, it's almost like looking at an action movie. Yeah, it's so much action. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, I think secretly they were teaching you to also read while you enjoy nerd stuff. 
you know. <laughs> see, it was not a secret. That's what they were doing. Yeah. And, and okay, so, so then we cut to the Grand Prix Monaco in French. Uh, or it's written in French or something's written on the screen. Tony arrives in a limo with screaming fans. We see that he has hired Black Widow as his personal assistant. And then there's a quick Elon Musk cameo. Uh, did you guys remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I knew, I recognized him, but I, was like, I had to Google that, who he was for a second. I was like, who is that guy? Uh, and there's a little back and forth with Hammer asking for a spot at the expo. And Tony says, as soon as you make something work, uh, you can have a spot. Uh, and then we see Tony's toxicity going up. He goes in the bathroom and checks and he's not doing well. Uh, and then he's about to drive in the race. And the, the reporter that Tony hooked up with uh, in the first one, uh, Christine Everhart, uh, she leaves... Uh, she leaves Justin Hammer to go cover because he's going to drive. Like, he's driving, what? And then the race starts, and then we see the bad guy walking around disguised as a pit crew guy. The camera is on him immediately, and he starts whipping cars with his electric whips. And now, I think, is when we figure out he's Whiplash. Uh, and I yeah. only knew who Whiplash was, I think, Andy, from Hero Clicks. Uh, yeah. And so here's where I put in my notes, tell us about Whiplash, but you've already kind of done that. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I, I do want to note up to this point, uh, just the stuff that's been going on is like, uh, this is kind of a, a melding of a couple different, uh, the more of the famous Iron Man stories from the past. This whole movie kind of is, it kind of like his whole uh, bout with alcoholism yeah. uh, is is basically it's sort of touched on in this, especially at the, at the birthday party scene later, but it's uh, he's getting more and more reckless. As this is going on because he knows he's dying and he thinks he's dying. Yeah. He doesn't have a cure. He doesn't know what's going on. So he's he's doing more reckless stuff like mouthing off in the Senate, uh, uh, deciding to go race in the Grand Prix for. It's just like he's kind of acting out, kind of a thing. And this is from the is, comics. This is all storyline, or at least the, the alcoholism thing is. But there's also a storyline called Armor Wars, where uh, a lot of everyone's trying, basically trying to copy his Iron Man technology. Uh, and a lot of uh, people have stolen some of his designs, so he goes around trying to destroy all technology that was copied from him. Uh, if you got your own designs in your crazy armor suit, because in comics everyone had a cool armor suit, so he's going around trying to figure out who ripped him off, who's using his designs for bad shit, and trying to uh, uh, shut it down. And he goes so far off the reservation trying to do this that he kind of gets uh, uh, outlawed. He's... Uh, kind of becomes a renegade and Tony Stark has to like this is back when for a long time Iron Man was Tony Stark's private bodyguard and he had a mysterious identity which is what they sort of head fake towards at the end of the first Iron Man. Is this uh, like this was, back in the 80s or 90s or I think this was the 80s. Oh wow. Oh, it was Armor Wars. Like there was a whole bunch like Iron Man who do you fight Iron Man and some other guy with a different set of armor like the Crimson Dynamo or the Titanium Man oh. or all these uh, these Russian villains. It was the Cold War so you had a lot of Russian villains with Russian tech. So this is like a lot of this is taking elements from uh, the big Iron Man comic stories and and running with it. So Whip, Whiplash isn't necessarily Russian in the comics, or is he? Do you remember? No, he was Italian, I think. Oh. But uh, uh, they uh, there was uh, the I think maybe making him them Russian is sort of a way to reference uh, 
the Crimson Dynamo and Titanium Man, which is actually a song by Paul McCartney and Wings, surprisingly oh. enough. Okay. Um, no, that's Magneto and Titanium Man. Sorry. Uh, uh, idiot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it's okay that he mixes up something. That's okay. But I think this was a way to kind of uh, uh, reference uh, the uh, the whole... Cold War, the Russian. So, so the Russian Russian thing isn't necessarily it, and that the bird thing is all not. That that's all Mickey Rourke, I'm sure. Oh, he just wanted to make a bird thing. <laughs> I, I want my bird. bird. This well, is a bird. That's part of the backstory he probably yeah. made up. A lot of actors get a chance to make. If, there, if there's no clear defined backstory to a character, when you decide to act or take on a character, you get to help shape, or you're shaping that. And it motivates you as an actor when you're having conversations or, you know, where's that energy coming from? Do you remember those commercials that are like, what's my motivation? Yeah. What's my motivation? What's my motivation? When actors are creating backstory, they're giving their characters motivations for things. So instead of like, Whiplash, I just don't like Tony Stark, we, we know the father piece, but then he has created his own, how he survives, what's going on. Uh, all that is his creation and sometimes actors talk about it with directors and sometimes directors are like you do that and sometimes directors are like yeah no um, <laughs> but he's Mickey Rourke so I feel like he got a little bit more wiggle room to, yeah. to delve in but most actors build a backstory before they go in because you know it's not always written out for you there you go yeah, you gotta know how you're gonna react in a situation mm-hmm Okay. You have to know your anger triggers to know how you're going to act. Other, you can't just be angry. I mean, you could, but people can tell that it's superficial. Or you can have your character has a trigger. So when someone does this, when Tony Stark does this, that's a trigger for him. Or whatever it is. It seems weird, but it is helpful when coming up with a character. All right. Well, then Happy shows up uh, with his Iron Man briefcase. And he and Pepper take off to get it to Tony. Whiplash whips Tony's car, cutting it in half. Tony flies through the air and crashes. This scene, I wrote, is pretty badass. All the cars blowing up and crashing while calmly, ominously walking through it all as Mickey Rourke. Uh, yes. and, and at this point I wrote, Mickey Rourke is great in this, I think. Like I, I love him as this villain, just walking slowly through all the explosions. I guess anybody walking slowly through explosions is cool, but... At this point, I was like, I really like this movie so far. Like, I like this. This is great. Uh, right away, it's pretty quick to happen, and it's we're already in this big action, blow up everything. Mm-hmm. And then ha- Happy appears just when Tony is doomed, and then nails Whiplash with the car, and then mm-hmm. a funny argument ensues about better security. <laughs> did you mean to hit me or Tony? You know, because he he had to <laughs> jump out of the way. Uh, or did you mean to hit him or Tony? Uh, Whiplash isn't done, though, and then he slices the car in half. They just barely get Tony the case in time for him to fight Whiplash. And I wrote, let's be honest, the costume case takes forever. It's pretty freaking cool, though. He turns into, it is. He turns into it Iron, is. Iron Man and gets thrown around a bit by Whiplash. But then we see him regroup, and the music crescendos, and he's ready to kick ass. And that moment is like the moment that we all love in movies, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the, the briefcase armor is a very—it was a standard Iron Man trope for a long time. He just would carry his armor somehow; he'd flatten it out uh-huh. and just carry it around in a briefcase. So if he needed to change, 
It, it, as far as I know, it never quite worked like that. Just open it up and put your fists in it, and it, it covers them. Yeah. Like, but it's like, oh, I have my Iron Man armor right here in my briefcase. Let me go change into it. Yeah. That was cool. So, I mean, that I gotta say, it was. It's pretty sweet how they did that. And and also yeah. the uh, the red and silver look for Iron Man. Normally, he's got the the red and yellow. I mean, like he started with uh, the dull gray, which is saw an <laughs> Iron Man one. Then, like the second one was shiny gold. Uh, but it was still that clunky thing in the comics, and then he went to the, the hot rod red and yellow, and that was basically his standard look with different shapes and sizes. But there was a period of time where they decided to change it up and make it silver and red. It's called, I think, the uh, Silver Centurion armor, or oh the, something like that. And so that was a uh, basically a nod to to that whole era. Uh, where nerd. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just but you learned something new from that nerd, didn't you? I yeah, I did. Yeah, I just can't believe they really? have. Na- I guess I do believe they have names for that. Um, I mean, if you're going to change the look of a superhero, you got to make a reason for it. Yeah, you cannot. You cannot just change anything about their looks without naming it something. Well, I wrote that this is the moment that I love these movies for. These Marvel movies, like as I'm watching. I like had to stop for a second. I was like, I'm suddenly aware of how lucky we are to live in a time where they can make these movies look so cool. I mean, mm-hmm. Iron Man. I mean, we're so lucky. I mean, think about it. if we if we were like our age now in the '80s, we'd be old people that don't even care about this. Like, ah, this we're, but we get to enjoy, we're, huh? Yeah, I don't. Or if we were in this. If we were dead by now, I guess. I guess mm-hmm. I'm right. like, if we were dead, um, we're just lucky that we get to see watching anything. If we were dead by now, <laughs> well, yeah. I was thinking about how like shitty the movies in the '80s and stuff were, and how right. like, the action was terrible. And like I was like, oh god, this all looks stupid. Maybe we didn't think so then. But like, na- did we think so back then? I don't think we did because you yeah, gotta like, remember, for the '80s, that was advanced. Like you're that right. was advanced. Yeah, we didn't know what we were missing. You're right, yeah. but like the old '80s Hulk and stuff like that. You go back now and watch it; it's real shitty. Yeah, but this was like it looks real. Like it looks like it's really happening, and it looks so cool. And I just like took a moment. I was like, "Screw naysayers! These movies are awesome. Like it's so cool to get to see this." You know, <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think that's maybe uh, why comic movies waited till now to really take off. I mean, you had. Yeah, the, the Superman in the late seventies. That was, uh, I mean, that looks cheesy now. You can see like all the like the wires and whatnot. So crappy. Or, or you can kind of see how they rigged it up the the flying thing. But at the time, right. flies. But like to pull off the crazy stuff. The thing with comics is there's no limit to your imagination. Whatever you can draw can happen in a comic book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, that's why, like, Galactus exists, the weird purple guy from outer space that tries to eat planets. That's why there's all these batshit cosmic characters of like that sprung out of the mind of Jack Kirby uh, and Stan Lee, just how the craziest cosmic weirdo shit right. that we get. We'll talk more about this with Guardians of the Galaxy. But uh, that's whatever you want. Like, Doctor Strange had these crazy, trippy freaky magic mindscapes so but movies couldn't do all that until right. uh, you know technology advanced to the point where then you can have a like a crazy ass montage like you saw in the Doctor Strange movie 
or or the really high tech flying around and looking effortless Iron Man stuff. So, it, and then there's this cool part of this where an Iron Man wins. He kind of winds up the whips and pulls them closer, and then punches him and throws him down and takes out the chest piece. And Whiplash is now defeated. And then guards come in immediately somewhere and drag him away as he yells to start, You lose! And he spits blood at him. Um, and then Iron Man like examines the tech and then crushes it. Uh, and then he. Yeah, that, that's very Armor Wars. That's like uh, the Armor Wars that you talked about? Like, he, like the whole thing, he, like he had like a negator pack that he would go to the Titanium Man and put it on his armor and just fry all the Stark related shit in his armor and make it not work anymore. And destroy it all, and take all this technology back from jerks. So, th- mm-hmm. so that's like something. That's like an homage to that old Iron Man thing. Okay, which I, I had no idea. And then, uh, and then we'll, we'll take a break here in a minute. But he then visits him in holding, and they have a discussion. And we found out that his father is Anton Vanko, and that's what I was going to ask. Is this from the comics? But you kind of already talked about he was Italian, right? The Anton Vanko. Well, Anton Vanko was what. Was in the comics, but he wasn't. It, he he was he was Russian, right? He was Russian in the comics, but what what Andy said, like the characters were kind of like combined. Okay. Like there there was a Doctor Anton, Doctor Vanko, in the comics from that um was like an Iron Man villain, but it wasn't the same, I guess, interpretation. Okay, but he wasn't like a superhero. No, no, and he didn't have a child named Whiplash. Oh yeah, there was a uh, Anton Vanko was the first Crimson Dynamo. Oh, uh, which I thanks for reminding me, Art. I, I remembered that, and I couldn't remember exactly uh, what he was, but yeah, Anton Vanko is the name of the first Crimson Dynamo. He was a big, basically a Russian Iron Man. So it's it, big, clunky, all red armor that gets sleeker and cooler as. Uh, I think I remember him from the comics. So in this, they're making it that Whiplash is Crimson Dynamo's son kind of thing, or not? Or they don't even mention Crimson Dynamo in this. Uh, yeah, they didn't mention the... They certainly didn't say the words Crimson Dynamo. And I don't think they would actually... I mean, I guess considering Crimson Dynamo was going to be in Black Widow, I don't necessarily think they would have... I guess back then they probably didn't was going to do Black Widow yet. Yeah. Who knows? But this was still yeah, phase I, I, one. Th- there's a... Uh, uh, he first showed up in like 63 so this is shortly after Iron Man uh, appeared in comics at all and uh, the, the Wikipedia entry has got a note that basically says unlike Iron Man who at the time had to regularly charge the chest plate that powered his suit the Crimson Dynamo was powered by a self-sustaining generator so that's kind of a way the fact that making Anton Vanko the guy who helped develop the arc reactor the self-sustaining Ooh. generator yeah. and getting ripped off that was that's a, that's a deep cut uh, reference there to the fact that Anton Vanko created that technology first and then Iron Man. So there were the nerds movie. all over the movie theaters going that's Crimson Dynamo, Anton Vanko. Maybe. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Maybe. But but then again, like, I, like I've said, Iron Man was not super popular. Yeah. Like his right. his mythos was was kind of, I don't know, I mean, for there, he had his fans, but there weren't. Uh, it wasn't like in every nerd's 
uh, lexicon to know who Aaron right. Franco was. Iron Man was not Batman or Superman. <laughs> right. Batman. Or the X-Men or... Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, so they've really made Iron Man this with these movies. So, okay. Wh- yeah, whoop. this is... Yeah. They've they've this, created him, yeah, and they and yeah. he is like one of the best ones now. Whiplash explains why he didn't kill him, and he says, "If you can make God bleed, the people will cease to believe in him. There will be blood in the water, and the sharks will come. All I have to do is sit here and watch, and the world will consume you." Um, so I kind of felt like that line was foreshadowing the Avengers, uh, kind of thing, like show his weakness, and then everyone else will come. Because uh, I, I read something on IMDb that said Happy Hogan, who uh, John Favreau, was annoyed while he was directing this because Marvel kept sending in rewrites while they were filming because they were writing the Avengers movie at the same time. And so they kept sending in rewrites and because to make it go with the Avengers and changing the story as they went. So I, mm-hmm. then I started... That and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., too, yeah. So yeah. he was getting really annoyed because he was like, just let me... Can we just do this movie? And they kept changing things to follow. And I'm pretty sure that's why John Favreau hasn't done any of these movies since. He hasn't directed any of them. Right. They said he was getting pretty pissed. He was like done with it by the end because there was so much. So then, then I started like watching for it. Then I started watching for it. like everything they said. I was like, oh, is that is that something about the Avengers or is this something <laughs> about Shield? Which kind of probably made me distracted, and I might have more questions for you that are stupid along those lines. But that's what I thought <laughs> when he. Had that whole line about the sharks will come, you know. All I have to do is put blood in the water, and then because kind of was like at the beginning of the movie, he's talking about how it's world peace. There's no more villains. Everything's fixed. And then all he's trying to do is whiplash. I'm not trying to defeat you. I'm just trying to show that you can bleed. And then you're not, then, yeah, yeah, you're not invincible. Then everyone will come out of the blood yeah. works. Exactly yeah, that's and that, that's another comic. Especially like for uh, Batman, there's a big Batman thing, like the debate of which came first, the the maniac or the bat, or like does dressing up as a bat to terrify criminals just uh, invite criminals to up their game to right. uh, become like this massive rogues gallery of crazy villains, and that's uh, something uh, Vision says in uh, Civil War. It's like a very strength invites challenge, huh. and. Uh, so it's uh, it's it's a it's pretty standard comic thing. That's like an ongoing comic to debate what came like how far into heroism do you go before you start creating your own villains? And the MCU has done Classic a lot Batman. to to assign uh, kind of the blame for a lot of other villains to Tony Stark's massive ego, uh, like uh, uh, Zemo. Uh, is created directly from Ultron fucking up Sokovia in the, in the later movies. Yeah. Uh, Mysterio in the last Spider-Man movie blames Tony Stark for commandeering his life's work and calling it barf. And, Jake, uh, that's Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yeah. Okay. So okay, we're getting we're again we're getting too advanced from my yeah. knowledge. Uh, so but, bring, just, but, yeah. but let's. So I think we're out of time. Let's leave it there, and we'll come back and continue Iron Man two next episode. Nerds roll. <laughs> oh, my glasses hey. are broken. My pocket is protected. Just <laughs> <laughs> I'm a super nerd. I am a super nerd. The Nerd School Podcast. 
Nerd School is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved.